Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs postgame show presented by PointsBet. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up for two risk-free bets. Up to 2000 bucks, four in a row for the Cubs. Woo, don't stop now. Don't talk me back into over 75 and a half They wins. can't reach the 500 mm-hmm. mark, but they could still win out. <laughs> and more importantly, this was the game of the year. <laughs> Two hours and 10 minutes on a Friday and a Cubs win. Oh, baby. What gets better than that? Yeah, we're live well before 4 p.m. Wow. Look at, look at us. Wow. Look and at us. Jack Brown pointing out, hey, one to go. One, the For March the push, to 63, the 63, baby. There it is. One to go. Save we... the 100 loss season. <laughs> For next year. I no, can't no, wait. Not next year. <laughs> Don't next say that, decade. Stucky. Two decades from Vibes now. Vibes are too high to, to be negative <laughs> about next right. year already. No, I'm feeling good. This was <laughs> uh, fast. I, I said about the fifth inning, I looked over, and I started to say, this game's flying, mm-hmm. and I, I stopped myself. I didn't want to jinx it. Instead, Boog jinxed the no-hitter. No, he did not. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a little bit. Cubs win. McKinstry game. <sighs> Stroman game. Or you could call it the Stucky game because it was two hours and ten minutes. I'm going to call however, it the Stucky game. However you want to refer to it, it is a Cubs win. They're fourth what was your favorite part of the Stucky game? Uh, that final out. Boom. <laughs> Bingo. Right there. I mean, nice day to be at the ballpark. Yeah. They right? showed a, Middle they, of September. They, they showed the, uh, the bleachers in that ninth inning. Uh, and Jake, uh, our GM, said something about, like, look at that. The It's packed there. It's like, yeah, and this, and this team sucks. And it's like. Man, there's nothing better. Nothing better. Friday, 120 games at Wrigley Field. Whether this team stinks or whether this team is good, it's always the best. Nothing like it. Just preferably when I die, I would like to be buried at, on a Friday at 120. Thank you. I mean, it was. Uh, Especially if it's in the summer. That's right. Yeah, no, it was, <laughs> it was really nice. Um, Stroman was good. He wasn't uh, no-hitter good. But real, real good. Loses the no-hitter with two outs in the sixth inning. Let's get this out of the way. I know <laughs> that Boog and J.D. mentioned it multiple times. I will admit that had they not, I wouldn't have noticed that it was a no-hitter. Yeah. I, I knew he was pitching well, but I, I hadn't realized it was a no-hitter. Let, let's My just, focus let's just was let, in and out. It was lunch. I was getting lunch. I had. Let's just be real with the people. We had no idea there was a no-hitter going until, like, they said it. No, they said it. Boog said it, and I think it was. If it wasn't the next pitch, it was two pitches later. But I think yeah. it was within like ten seconds. It was literally within, at least within thirty seconds. That you said it, or he, they said it, and then we were like, "What, really?" And then he gives up the homer. <laughs> Corey Friedman, congrats on the short game, Luke. <laughs> it was the Stucky game, baby. The Stucky um, game. Rachel said, "Hey, Rachel's in the chat. Perfect uh, Friday. It's only like what, it, it was seven twenty. Right? 720 whenever they play, or whenever the Cubs play today. Yes. Yes. We need to get, get obvious shirts to make the clock say 720. For our UK fans. Just for our UK fans. Yeah. That's right. Um, Shane says, we ain't eliminated yet, boys. <laughs> Don't let us girls. get hot, baby. <laughs> Don't let the entire league get cold and let us get hot. <laughs> Does anybody in the chat, or Cody, do you, actually – Worry about somebody bringing up a no-hitter when a Cubs pitcher has a no-hitter going. Uh, Does, do you actually believe any of that is any factor at all? No, I don't. I did tweet it from the CSGO Cubs Twitter account. If you don't follow it, you should go, you should go follow it. But that it was only as a joke. Um, no, I don't, I don't believe in the broadcast jinx. 
I don't either. I think it's so ridiculous. Like, I'm so thankful that they said it, and you actually got excited about a no-hitter for, like, four seconds. For like, yeah, like, four <laughs> seconds. It was like, oh, shit. Oh, oh no-hitter. If we get a uh, no-hitter today, this might be the best post-game of the season. Because it might have been slightly faster without the home run. We might have been under two hours with a no-hitter. <laughs> we would have called it the Stucky, the Stucky game slash no-hitter. I don't know. Uh, I think we still would have called it the Stucky game, honestly. Yeah, no, I'm riding high. <laughs> two hours and ten minutes, a Cubs win. Yeah. Sunny out. Woo. Beautiful day. Got a weekend um, coming up. I don't up. believe any of that stuff either. I think it's so ridiculous to expect the broadcasters to not mention that it's a no-hitter. First of all, People don't, not everybody watches the whole game. Mm -hmm. So you have kids coming home from school, running home from school. You have people checking in at work. You have people in and out of the house or the office and the game's on. People need to know what's going on. Not everybody's going to realize, like us, that all of a sudden it was a no-hitter. We were watching, but our focus wasn't so skewed in on every play that we, we noticed. So that's their job is to tell us what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that believes that is just foolish. <laughs> foolish. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone really cares these days, but I do know back in the day, old school, you know, when I was a kid, people took that shit serious. I know people do take it seriously, and they not, get I don't so think, mad. I don't think when they take it as serious no anymore. It's like, come on. I don't think they take it as seriously anymore, though. Why? I, I, what, what changed? The internet. Because people were saying shaming it on the internet. That were well, they're either shaming it or people are tweeting about it. So people are uh, already saying it. So that like, makes sense. So it's like, I don't know. Like, because people are always taught, like, or if, if, there's, if someone has a no-hitter going, there will be some reporter or, you know, a guy like Ryan out there that will tweet it, like, in the sixth or seventh inning. And, you know, <laughs> like, there's so many different factors right. now that, where you can see it. When, when I was a kid... You know, when Stucky was in his prime, you know. Wait, what? You would only hear it on the broadcast, and that's it. Past tense. <laughs> it's like I'm not even here anymore. Back when Stucky was kicking in his prime. In his prime. Uh, love you, Luke. Thank you. <laughs> I love David Snyder saying the quest to reach 63 is almost done. Now the quest to win 70. Here's... Want to know with I Jared like, Young. <laughs> I like calling it the quest. I've always, we've been saying the push for 63, the drive for 63. It's like every local TV station when the Cubs or whoever they're in it, usually it's a baseball thing, but like mm -hmm. when they're in it, they start doing these like half-hour specials to try and make a little extra cash. They get apt electronics to be a sponsor, and they'll say, quest for the rings, run for the rings, quest for the cup is always a popular one. Yeah. So we're going the quest like, for 63. I like uh, Jack's comment. He says, don't say it at the ballpark as a fan, though. That's jinxing. So that's what I was going to say. I've mentioned this maybe eight times on this podcast before. I was at the Carlos Zambrano no-hitter. Not a huge deal. I was young, though. We're happy and that was you. the first I learned you. about this, like, jinx. I remember my dad was talking to his, texting his friends. He's like, there's a certain zero in a certain column in the box score. We're in the fifth inning, and there was, like, this buzz around the stadium, eventually everybody knew, but nobody would use those words. Like, mm. it was just, it was very strange. Like, no one will say the words, no hitter, but everybody knows what's going on. And in the seventh inning, from there on out, everyone's like chanting, whatever, but it's just, 
I don't know. I think it's a cool thing about baseball. Like, when does that, you know, it's hard to compare that to anything else in another sport. The no hitter? Yeah. Or just being the no hitter. No, no, the no hitter, but the build up to it and, and and the superstition behind it. And I just think it's a crazy feel. I don't know. It is something I would love to see. We almost saw, well, we saw half of a cycle. Yeah. We're we're still waiting for someone other than Mark Grace to get the cycle. Yeah. McKinstry had the homer and the triple triple knocked out of the way. And it was like, had he not struck out there in that next at bat, you thought, hmm. We would have got up for it. Again, that's not, it's, it's more, it's more unique than it is anything. Like not that it isn't difficult to do. It's just that it's, it's unique. I mean, I'd rather Mm -hmm. see a guy hit three home runs in a game than I would somebody get a cycle. Yeah. And the no-hitter I would love to see, but it doesn't mean that the pitcher was so incredible. We just talked about it the other day, how it was the anniversary of Alec Mills. We've had the anniversary of Zambrano. Um, Philip Umbers had a perfect game. I mean, like, same thing with a perfect game. Like, it means a no-hitter means the guy did pitch very well. Yeah. There's no question about that. But it doesn't mean it's like the most dominating game you've ever seen. Yeah, it depends on how many walks you have, for well, sure. That definitely on a no hitter. Like right. if some guy has six walks. Like right. okay, right. But uh, you know, you have to give credit. Stroman was good. He was great today. Seven innings. I mean, this like the old school fans are still they still you know they still want starters to go out there for seven innings at least, or, or they think it's a bad bad start. Um, I'm not looking at you, Michael Collada, at all. Do you uh, see the positivity out of Collada? You don't want to mention that? No, I'm just saying that I've He's seen him. apologizing com- to the Rickets. <laughs> We're only 20 games under 500. It is. Well, what a beautiful Friday this is. <laughs> yeah. Positivity from Collada and me. Right. <laughs> but I've seen, I've seen uh, people complain about the, the lack of going deep into games from starting pitchers in, in recent years. And it's just like. It's not just the Cubs. It's every team in the league. It's like if, you're, if your starter gives you five or six, you're content with it. Today, Stroh went seven, and he only had 84 pitches when he was done. Like, they could have thrown him back out there in the eighth. I'm glad they didn't considering he started to get hit or uh, there was a little bit more hard contact there in that seventh inning. But, you know, whatever. Uh, I thought he was great. I think the, you know, every <laughs> – I feel like I've said this a hundred times. Like he's, has he been consistent this year? No, but I don't think he's a bum like some people say. He's been There's literally some people actually think this guy sucks. I it's would say he was very inconsistent early. Yeah, right. There were good games followed by real duds. Good game, real real duds. He's been way more consistent the second half of the season. They kind of showed some stats. I don't remember what the exact numbers were. Um, I know it was like his last twelve starts versus his first few starts and it was like wow he's been so much better when he kind of gave up on really pounding the fastball over and over and going back to more cutters and sinkers and split like off speed stuff is what he does like he was trying to pound it up in the zone and he was getting rocked some games and he didn't seem to really have the control yeah he went back to what really has made him a good major major league pitcher and it seems to be working now for the most part now whether that's he's had some duds in there for sure Yeah. now whether that is a two or a great three i don't know i mean on a on a 
on a really good pitching staff, if he's a three, yeah. you've got yourself a, a you know that that is a great pitching staff. I'm okay with him being a two. I just don't know if he's necessarily a one on a on the next great Cubs team. Yeah, like he's even not. If it were, even if it were to happen next season or the season after, I don't know if you want Stroman to be your number one. You want him to be like your two or three. Yeah. That's okay. That there's no, there's okay. no way he's in number one. And I didn't, I mean, I don't even think we all thought he was a number one coming in this year because we all had hope that maybe Kyle Hendricks could get back to what we were used to. Right. And, and Kyle is now a great four. No, he's a great five, good four. Yeah. And then like in the prime of his career, he was a great three. Oh, spectacular. I mean, right. 2016, he was the third, the third starter. Right. Basically. That's what I'm saying. Now, if, so. if you can have Stroman be kind of the role that Hendricks was then, like, yeah, you got yourself a staff. But that and if means, you want to complain about the money, well, then stop complaining about Ricketts. Yeah, now I'm <laughs> Steele could be good enough to be a number two. Yeah, I'm not saying he's been necessarily better than Stroman this year. I'm just saying he's young. He's still got up. I, I think he can get better than what he is. Where Stroman is kind of where he is. Yeah, you just get consistency out of Stroman. Yeah. That's what I like about him because That's nice. because there's so many pitchers in the league that are really good. And you're like, then you look at the numbers, and sometimes you're just like, wow, like those are not what I expected. And I, you look at Marcus Stroman's numbers for his career, and like just if you look at the go on baseball reference or fan graphs, and you just look at what he's done every single year, it's consistent. Like he's no, no better, no worse than, than what you see. He is like, again, start of, start of the season didn't go great. Cubs defense definitely didn't help him out with that. Um, but, you know, like it's – I think especially since the All-Star break, he's been very good. Yeah, there's been a few duds in there, but other than that, like it's – I think that you're you're getting quality out of him more often than not. And I think that he can be even better next year if the Cubs sure up their defense. Yeah, I mean, you hope next year he doesn't get COVID and kind of kind of derails him for a little right. bit, and then he comes back too early, and then he gets injured because he came back a little too too early. Um, he doesn't have to get used to being on a new team with different surroundings and pitching in miserable April weather and all those things. Like, plus he knows a, what to expect. Yeah, next year. again, going through the whole like adjusting to a new team type all thing. Like it. next year, he'll be he'll already have gone through a full off season, no, not having to deal with the whole free agency thing, and you know all that stuff. So, yeah, and and kind of a contract year for him because he could opt out after next year yeah i don't uh, think he will because i don't I think don't anyone's going to pay him more than he's I, already yeah, making i agree but i'm just saying like if he comes out and has a cy young type season out of nowhere more than what we would expect then yeah he might opt out <laughs> he might but also he's going to be a year older and right he loves it here he said right. he loves the vibe at wrigley all those things again i don't think he will either but yeah you just never know Jack R. saying, why can't Steele be an ace? I'm not saying he couldn't be an ace. I'm, I'm just saying he's not an ace yet. No, not yet. But, but he's trending in a great direction. Yeah. I think next year, you, if the Cubs go get a Rodon or they, you know, I know they're in, they're, they got rumored with the guy in Japan yesterday. Um, you go get a guy like one of those two guys or DeGrom if that, you know, if, if, if lightning strikes a bottle, you know, like then having Steele as your number two is really solid. And yeah. this year, Steele actually did come into the season as a number two. We started the second game of the season. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, I think having – if they did go get a Rodon 
and have two two lefties at the top of the rotation to go with Stroman and then you you know obviously Hendricks will be there and then Drew Smiley have three lefties. It's not bad. Hey, I believe the Cubs are two games over five hundred the second half of the season. Uh, I Matt give, says that. I I give. I, I will put a small percentage on, yeah, they don't have anything to worry about other than guys are playing for their careers and to prove stuff. But, like, game score-wise, there's not as much pressure as there would be on a team like the Mets right now. But that said, uh, the team has had a ton of injuries. They're doing it without Kyle Hendricks. They're doing it con- without Contreras a lot, you know? Yeah. Uh, just a lot of guys banged up. Now Nico, and now Madrigal again. And it's like been almost 100% based on the fact that the pitching's been good. The starting pitching has been very, very this, good. This team would be, I think this team would be 500 if they would have got this pitching that we got in the second half and the first half. Who predicted 81 and 81 this season? You did. Yeah. I did. But you, that, the problem with that prediction is it was counting on a lot of things going right, and, and that includes – not injuries to big guys. It's, right. it, that that includes and, Stroman not getting COVID and then right. coming back too soon. It, it, that is that also includes not thinking Jonathan VR would be a minus WAR player. Yeah, we didn't think that a few other guys would be so bad. Like uh, I remember so well, Jonathan Jonathan VR played well on opening day, and we sat here and we're like, you know, what? we're fine. Give him a couple games, sub in for wisdom here and there. Like. He's a fine player. That's what he was going to. That's where we were at when they took the first two from the Brewers. We're like this VR guy, he could play. Like, yeah, yeah that one. Well, we said on I us. think it was the like right after the lockout ended, and they had VR, and we were like, I kind of like that signing. Yeah, yeah, just because it was cheap and like <laughs> didn't work. No, out. That, that's we, what I'm saying. We, yeah, we were one of our worst predictions. We were so thinking far. at the very least he'd be a trade chip. Yes. And he wasn't even that. And we <laughs> thought for sure that Smiley and Miley would. Uh, yes. yes. Wow. Well, we thought for sure that Contreras and Hap were going to be. Right. All in all, we like, yes, the starting pitching is the main reason the team was so bad in the first half. And they fixed it in the second half. Now, like, you can't – obviously, you can't go back and change things, so it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not defending them for what they did in the offseason prior. I'm not, you know – I still think they should have spent a little bit more uh, just for depth reasons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm still not holding up on what I think they should do in the offseason and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, remember, Luke, May and June, we were like, man, this thing is going to take – we ain't going to be in the playoffs until 2025, 2026. We were sitting here Well, they still need it. they still need to make those signings. To really kind of now take, I believe that the bot they've hit the bottom. Yes. At some point this season, they hit rock bottom in the rebuild. Oh yeah. And I believe it feels like they're climbing the ladder again. Yeah. And right. Yes. And and, and, I, and they and not just climbing the ladder, but like they jumped up two rungs. Yeah. Like they they didn't take it real slow. They they started by jumping up two rungs. I feel like there's been. Late progress, and that will have nothing to do with what the record is at the end of the season. Right, it, it, it'll and, have to do with the way the pitching has looked, the way young guys have developed. Right, and I know people in the chat who don't agree 
They're going to be like, well, the Cubs have had an easy schedule in the second half. Well, so have the St. Louis Cardinals, and so have the Milwaukee Brewers, and you know who's not taking advantage of it? The Milwaukee Brewers. So I'm just I'm just saying, like, it's like you play your schedule, and you see how things come out. So I'm – I'm not. I'm never going to use like how the schedule is soft in certain spot, spots of it, and the team playing well or not playing well during that time. Like I'm never going to use that as a reason why the Cubs are not good or not whether they're good or bad. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you play your schedule and you see how things come out at the end of the year. Yeah, the Cubs are coming up on the easiest part, like one of the easiest parts of the schedule right now. Right? They just somehow they sweep the Mets. Now they get two more at the Rockies after winning the day, and then they got the Marlins, the Reds, and the Pirates a few times. Like, I understand, like, really in the grand scheme, none of those games are going to change our minds about them being a playoff team next year unless they make significant changes in the offseason. I totally get that. But also, it is more games, for, which means more at-bats for young guys and more innings for young guys who are pitching like to just get some experience and try and like work through their growing pains, man. Yeah. It really means something. It really goes towards the future and wins and losses might not mean much for that, but they do matter in a certain way. And I think that those guys have really taken advantage of the opportunity in the second half. There really hasn't been much of a bad stretch except for that long road trip they had where they went to Toronto and went to St. Louis. Yeah. And like that, that wasn't fun. But those teams are significantly better than the Cubs, and like we know that, so it, that's fine. It is what it is. But they've had they've had good stretches against good teams too. I mean, remember right out of the All Star break, they swept the Phillies. They just swept the Mets this week. They have swept some teams that will be in the playoffs. Right, like they've had good stretches against good teams too. It's not just their their sixty one wins or sixty two wins or whatever it is. Uh, sixty two. Yeah, sixty two. I can't math. Uh, like. They haven't just beat bad teams the entire time. They've had good wins against good teams, too. So, from what you're saying about how they hit the bottom and it seems like it feels like they're making their it way does. up, yeah. like that makes sense because, yeah, they have beat good teams. And you know what else it is? It's the individual uh, successes guys are having. So, we had Morrell when he came up, was great. And he's, he's really had an unbelievable first season in the big leagues, right? Yeah. Nico has had a very steadily spectacular season for him. Mm -hmm. Definitely a building block. But we've had those shorter bursts of guys where you see them and go, all right, Morell is an obvious one. Saya's had some of those as well with some injuries mixed in there. Madrigal started to have it again. Yeah. yeah. where, Where we sat here for several weeks and said, wait a minute. This is the guy we were hoping... This is the former first-round pick we were hoping they were getting for Kimbrell. Even yes. though, in my heart, I believe Cody Hoyer was the piece and Madrigal was like, all right, well, here's another guy that's fairly high in our system. Like, we, we like him. He's been to the majors. He was a different type of player. But we saw stretches of Madrigal where you could say, that guy could play on a really good team. He's just got to be the right spot. Now he's hurt again. Now we're seeing McKinstry take advantage of those opportunities. And yeah. a lot of McKinstry uh, Robbie was saying, he said to you chat. on Twitter, and I know a lot of people are saying, like, he's just looked so much better. And today you look at him and he's triple, homer, some nice plays in the field. And all of a sudden you look at him and go, well, no, wait, that I could see McKinstry being a piece. I'm not saying he's going to be 
the one of the four best players on the next great Cubs team. Mm-hmm. But I could see him being a guy that plays a lot on one of those teams if he plays like this. Yeah, I mean, he's had a really good week. And he is, sure. he is like Morrell in that he could play a lot of different spots, right? Like Morrell right. did look great at shortstop. But he has not looked good at third. But short is his position, and you see when he goes to a place where he's actually very – not that he can't play the other positions, but when he's comfortable, he is athletic. He is good. And I don't think shortstop is going to be the spot he plays for the Cubs – Right. Because you've got Nico, and you may add another guy that can be a really great shortstop. But that also leads me to believe, like, maybe you should, in the future for Morrell, shrink the amount of positions that he... Because you have the versatility of McKinstry, and you have the versatility of McKinstry, if they're both going to be on the team like this, maybe give each guy two positions to focus on, right? right? right. So they have less to think about at the plate. And let them just say, all right, this is, these are the two positions you have to worry about playing. You might get one game in, in right field once, but don't worry about it. We're going to have you focus on playing whatever, mm-hmm. center field and second base or third base. You know, I don't think Morrell would be bad at third base if you let Morrell play there more often. It's yeah. just when you're bouncing around, it's hard to get used to the angles and all those different things when you're also trying to break out of a slump offensively. So I like what I've seen from McKinstry, and I know he's a guy they've got to think about here at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. What he's doing right now makes you think good and hard about it. Yeah, so I I pulled up his numbers on fan graphs, and, you know, I just put it since he's been with the Cubs. Because those numbers with the Dodgers weren't great either, right? So let's – to start, it's only 104 plate appearances. I know a lot of people think it's significantly more than that just because of how much we complain about him. But 104 plate appearances, he's batting 206 on base of 252 and slugging 340. And, again, this, these stats don't include today. Those stats would be different if, if today was in there. Uh, so, yeah, it hasn't been great with the Cubs. No. All in all, it has not been great with the Cubs. But well, right now. Maybe, just maybe, you know, you see a couple, you see, you see a few more weeks of this from McKinstry. I mean, again, he's he's been a significant reason they won games in New York, and then he literally was the reason they won today. Yeah, <laughs> outside of Stroman, I mean, he got the what he hit the the triple to start the game, and then Hap drove him in, so he scored the first run, and then he hit the homer. Well, right? that's the thing about McKinstry. They have guys that are a little bit similar in McKinstry and Madrigal, but McKinstry has, and also Morrell, like the, the flexibility. I would like to see Madrigal have more versatility in the field and just a little bit of pop, but McKinstry gives you that little bit of pop. Yeah, yeah. He does have a little bit more power, right? And I love that he went oppo with it. And I, you know, the only reason, one of the main reasons that I've been waiting on McKinstry, not saying that I'm in on him, not saying that I'm out on him, is that I just love the approach he has at the plate. Like, he takes balls to all fields, and he can play all over all over the diamond. I know he's had some defensive blunders, but, I mean, whatever. Like, I think that I think that there's, there's just not enough of a sample size for me to say that he's out, that he sucks, and that he should, they should just DFA him, and I don't think there's enough evidence to say that he should be on the team next year. These next couple weeks are very important for him. And, again, I know these teams and, that they're going to play are that, really good yeah. or aren't good or, at all, but, like, 
for to have a versatile left-handed bat be able to come off your bench next year, he's not a bad one to have around. You know what I mean? Like, I think at this point, I think he is a solid piece off the bench that can come in and play, uh, you know, every maybe start a few games a week. But, like, I, 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 like I said, I like the approach. We need more results. We need more results, though. Sean's saying he, he likes him. He just doesn't want to see him at third base. Again, that I agree with him, but that's what I'm, I think I'm, that's more what I'm saying. Too. Like, third base doesn't need to be one of the places where you can say, all right, you play this position, and you can also play this position. Yeah. You might once in a blue moon play third base, but right. we're going to give you some heads up before you have to do it, like, right. so you can go out and I get also, some work on the infield. I also, like, you know how I talked about Madrigal and how, like, this offseason's huge for him? Well, you know... Like, McKinstry finally getting a real chance to play with yep. – like, because he never really got a real chance to play with the Dodgers because that team's stacked and has so many good players. Like, they, they didn't have any player to put, put him. Well, now he's on the Cubs, and, like, he he probably knows he's fighting for a, a chance to make the team in spring training next year. Like, this is a big offseason for him, too. Like he's got to figure out all of his flaws and try and improve on them and just try and – continue to become a better baseball player again only 27 like i'd feel completely different if this guy was like 30 31 right only 27 there's still some some youth in there still some some prime years left of his career in there uh if there is such thing as a prime for him but and he was I, stuck in a loaded organization exactly as, as i'm saying like getting consistent bats can change an entire player's career we've seen it time and time again with other players i th- patrick wisdom is a great example the guy didn't get any consistent bats with the cardinals the the, the Rangers or the Mariners, and then he comes here and he's a 30-home run guy because he's getting consistent at-bats. Yeah, 20-home John- run guy this year, 20, 25, whatever. Like, I I know the strikeouts are there, but whatever, he still brings you power, still gives you value defensively and vers- versatile at first and third, you know what I mean? Like, there's he's shown to have more value than what anyone really thought. So. Ravi, Ravi's cracking me up. Uh, Sean's saying he's, you know, he did some of those Tommy LaStella types. Well, look at what Tommy LaStella did when he got to play more often. Yes. He showed power that you had not, had not seen before. Everyone, but, again, that's my also my point is we think the Cubs are going to have to go out and also potentially not just sign some guys to free agent deals. They may have to get creative and trade for some guys. And I know – Everybody's going to want to pick the farm system that the Cubs just built up, but you're also going to be able to add players to deals potentially. Somebody might be interested at in taking a flying on somebody and Madrigal, or somebody might. They're all chess pieces on the board. Mm. Almost nobody on the team for the right player is. You can't move them. Like you have to consider everybody at this point. Yeah, and and I would you know Nico's pretty close to that, and Steele's pretty close to that, but you know guys like Shohei sort of changed my mind on certain guys, but yeah, but that doesn't mean that there's not a spot to build depth or find trade partners or any of those things. They can all still have their impact on this roster, ultimately. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, I think that you know. Again, there's, there's still plenty to play for for these for the for the guys on this team. Uh, you know, wins and losses obviously not much of a factor, but I I think as far as major league careers, there's a lot to play for here. So, you see how it plays out, man. I'm just glad you know the team is playing well towards the end of the year. Uh, you'll love to see some growth out of some of these guys that 
you know, Morrell, especially at shortstop. Uh, How about you Jared know, Young, first Jared, major league Jared hit? Jared Young getting his first career hit, which is cool. Good to see his family getting all excited. That was That's always fun, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that there's a lot to be excited about, but not too excited. We can get excited when free agency gets here and we can start dreaming about whatever and, you know, I don't want to get up for it. Like, I don't want to get too high on it, but I also, like, they, they got to do some shit, man. Yeah. So. But, like, look, what guys are saying in the chat is we've kind of talked at nauseum about it, but if you add somebody like Correa or Turner and everybody seems to think they're going to get one of those guys, I'm pretty excited about Trey Turner at third, Horner at short, Madrigal or McKinstry at second, and then – Mash Mervis or whoever it might be at first, you know, whoever that might be at first base. I'm not saying they're going to solve every position this offseason, but that would be a big upgrade over what they were looking at going into this season. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in one year, that would be a pretty good jump for your infield because you would know about Nico, you know a little bit more about Madrigal or McKinstry. Uh, Mash came out of nowhere, mm. and you'd have, you know, a legit star at yeah. third base. Uh, I've seen uh, Jack R has brought this guy's name up a lot o- over the course of the last couple months, but Shane Bieber, maybe a trade for Shane Bieber is a possible opportunity. You know how the Guardians work. You know, I don't know how many years left to control he has. but Right, and they may want, you know, if you're trying to get someone like that back, not only might they want prospects, but they also might want a guy like Morell, who you're high mm-hmm. on, who's only, you know, 22, 23 years old. But if you're starting, and I think all Cubs fans love him. They love his energy. Yeah. But if you start to develop also and see stuff and health out of Madrigal and or McKinstry, then, then you, and you can get a frontline guy, then it's a different right. story. You're not going to be able to keep everybody. Yeah. Bieber's but it's only a good making, when they're playing well. It's only making $6 million this year. That's insane. Wow. Uh, so he, he's in the first year of his arbi- first year of arbitration. So he has two more years of control. He's going to be 28 next year. So he's going to cost a lot. Definitely going to cost a lot. Well, I mean, and, he's already won a Cy Young. And, so. and David Snyder in the chat is saying, Nico Steele, untouchable. I, I would say that except for elite players, like right. super elite players. I think you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. And he says, uh, maybe Keegan and Hughes, too. Now, those are two names that I have loved this season. Yeah. But I also loved Efros. Yeah. And I'm, I don't want to see either one of those guys move. But if they're combined and you lose both of them or one of them and it's to get someone like Bieber, it, yeah. it lessens the blow a little bit. Now, you might – Everyone knows I'm a big Keegan Thompson guy. Like, yeah, well, if we I, think if he's we, the mayor. I think he yeah. could be a big part of the rotation even next year. Some people say back to the bullpen, whatever. I just – <laughs> They're not in much of a position to give up pitching, but if yeah. you're getting a star pitcher back, yeah, it's uh, going to be. A, I think it's going to be the off season could be more fun than even the season. Like it's yeah. fun to watch baseball, absolutely, good or bad. But I think the off season will be fun to watch. Colada with the well. classic. Too bad we couldn't get a guy like Darvish. Whoops. <laughs> well, uh, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. Signing Darvish again when he becomes a free agent. What does he have? I can look it up. Two? I'd say two. Like, he would, he would be, 
I think a free agent again once the Cubs are back in the hunt. Yeah. And at that point, the Padres may have to break up that team because they've spent like insane amount of he's money. A, he's a free agent after next season. Right. And he's going to be 37 and 20. That's why I keep talking about agent. the free agent class of yeah. the following year. Yeah. Guys like Darvish are still there. And yeah. Who knows? Maybe they'll want to move him this offseason just because of all the money they're going to have to invest in Juan Soto. That's true. So. Hey, what do you, uh, you – I know you were making – geez, you were over there making – part of the reason you didn't realize that there was a no-hitter going is because you and Joey were, like, <laughs> points betting like it was – you had to get it done. Like. I, was, I was deep in the lab, Luke. I mean, I was deep in the lab. I was cooking head up. Head buried in the phone. I was, I was like, oh, there goes a home run. I was cooking There's up. There's a triple play. I was cooking up some winners for college football Saturday <laughs> tomorrow. Uh, and so tonight. Have? And tonight. We're riding – Here's here's the I know we're not are, are we doing points bet pick of the week this week? No, not no, today. Not? But you can give us one. All right, well, t- we'll we'll ride tonight because I get, want a in winner the, in the pregame. I gave you Bears Packers, which I'm riding Bears plus ten. By the way, I'm ready to be hurt again. Uh, but tonight we're riding Florida State minus two and a half at Louisville. Florida State coming off a big win over LSU a few weeks ago. Louisville somehow, some way managed to uh, win outright at UCF last week. Um, but I watch that game, and like if Malik Cunningham doesn't go off, then it, it's just tough to watch that offense. I think Florida State is much more, as a team, they're much more uh, gelled and and ready. Because I mean, again, they just beat LSU, and I'm not like a big LSU guy, but they're a pretty good team. And my family in uh, Louisville hasn't. I mean, again, UCF is okay, but like they just they got murdered by Syracuse in the, their first game of the year. I, I I just like Florida State. If you're gonna give me two and a half. Two and a half points on, on Florida State, I'll, I'll take them. So we're riding Florida State tonight, minus two and a half. And this football season, guys, points bet is bringing you a better way to live to bet live on games, which means this before this ad is over, you can place a live same-game parlay, bet on the next drive to be a touchdown, and cash out your live second-half over bet. With points bet, you can access – you have access to more live football markets than ever before. Build the perfect live same-game parlay by combining your favorite bets anytime during the game, including spreads, totals, player props, and more. Choose the outcome of the next drive and the next points with points bet lighting bets. So whether you are on the move or on the couch, do it live on points bet. Download the points bet app today and sign up with the code CHGO to get your first two bets risk-free up to $2,000. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And that said, CHGO bets daily. We're talking college football today, the entire slate tomorrow. I'm so giddy about it. It's going to be basically after the show. So um, tune in. I tell you what, and this includes college games. Like there's some great college football games you can see early on, and it doesn't have to just be Chicago. Like game yeah. time is now the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports concerts, shows, whatever you're thinking of, you know, you might dream of, it's all about getting the great seat. Absolutely. And at a great deal. So you ever dream about sitting 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert? It's possible now with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy. You won't find a better deal this season, the end of the year here, on Cubs tickets. I was thinking about Bears tickets, and then I was on the couch today, and I was thinking... You know where I bet you game time will be really useful? The Blackhawks are not going to be good, but if you want to introduce somebody to hockey, 
a young kid to hockey or you want to start to see some of the young players, you wait for some of those last-minute deals with Game Time app, you'll be sitting center ice row 15 this year, and I guarantee you'll get like 60% off that ticket. <laughs> Minimum. Like it's, There are going to be some great seats out there for these games. Uh, it's been created by the fans, for the fans, guaranteed. That's right, they guarantee the lowest price. And if you love CHGO, you're going to love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who've downloaded the Game Time app and scored the best seats to all your favorite events. 15 million people, that's like, it's spreading like wildfire, this app. And for good reason, because it's helping people get just killer deals on crazy tickets. Yes. I know there's been a lot of people here talking about it. By the way, we're going to have to ask him if he did it. I saw that Matt Peck, was vibing in the bleachers today. Yes, I was getting ready to bring it up. and I, Summertime know, pack is summer- hard to beat if he's not in Michigan at the beach house <laughs> with the fam riding in convertibles. Every weekend is a picture of Peck in some sort of tank top, yeah. swim gear. Yes, he, uh, he just tweeted a picture at us, actually. Yeah, uh, a bunch of friends sitting in the bleachers, yeah, right? just hanging out, vibing in the bleachers. I Can won't you find ask, that, Joey? I won't ask if it Matt was... Peck. Uh, I won't ask if it was in left or right field, but if you're in the bleachers, you're always vibing, especially on a Friday at 120. I'm going to assume he probably got on the game time app. I'm confident he used the game time app because I heard him talking about it this week, and they were probably like, you know what? It's Friday. Chris Bryant's not playing, so maybe people are selling those tickets that thought will go. School's back in session, so season ticket holders can't always use that Friday ticket. The weather's great. Let's go. You jump on the game time app. There's Peck right in the background. He's got Vibing. the peace sign, backwards hat. There, what I tell you? Tank top. Tank top. Tank top. He's always in a tank top. Summertime Peck, man. And he's, he's got the uh, Moses sandals on. Oh, yeah. Parting the, the Red Sea. Yep. They look like they're having a great time. Can I love you, his wait, friends wait, sitting next to him. Can you see what part of the ballpark that is? I was trying to check behind. It looks like what the is, Nuveen sign. So, I can't what tell. What is that? There's an O in that sign. Where is he sitting? But see right there on this left part here? So I kind of think he's right in up here. You can right see center. There's a fence. Like It looks like they're kind of up against the wall here yeah. by this guy. Yeah. Might be I want to lean. I don't know what that sign is that in the background. I want to lean to thinking they're in right field. But you oh, know. oh, oh. Okay, here we go. Look at the reflection on the glasses here. Oh, I think that looks like left field. I actually, yeah, either left or center. Little detective I action almost here. Almost center field. Yeah. No, look how close they are to this to the sideline, though. I think the sign. So that's no, to the to the I'm to the to foul turn the line. Camera backwards, no. so you're seeing what is reflecting. I don't know. I'm lost. Can anybody tell where he's Nick sitting? Nick G says it's the horizon now sign. Oh, good call. So is that left? I Horizon now. Let don't me check. All the ads. <laughs> is it the Torco sign? I know the Torco sign. That was right field, right center. Um, <laughs> that's right field, I think, the Horizon sign. Right center. No, that's left field. He's in left? Oh, has Horizon replaced Nuveen? It might have. Yes, yeah. that's all the – it's far left. Yeah, so I was right. He's, okay. he's far towards so the uh, – So he might have third taken Bleacher Jeff Right on the third base He might have taken Bleacher Jeff He might have shoved Bleacher Jeff aside. Come on, Lord. Sorry, you know man. you don't believe that that's Bleacher Jeff's seat. No, I don't. <laughs> he also could just be taking my advice because I wear my right field suck shirt in here all the time. 
NCIS Joey over here. Nick G says. <laughs> Sorry, that was pretty impressive detective that, work on the on the glasses reflection. Well, and the horizon that that helped us. Yeah, we yeah. we found out that it wasn't uh, Nuveen or something. Uh, so I mentioned Chris Bryant not playing in the tickets and stuff. Like he's only played forty two games. He is at Wrigley Field, so you might be able to see him going in or out I of the ballpark. If, do you did you think they did anything? Like did like put up the thing something on the video board? Anyone? I bet you not, especially since he's not playing and they've done it before. Yeah. I'd be curious. Maybe well, they, you remember when know. the remember when the Cubs went to the Nationals and they did the whole thing for Jan Gomes and he I mean, he I didn't think you could do day. it. I think you could do it every time Chris Bryant comes back. That's what I'm it's saying. once a year. Right. That's what I'm Anybody, saying. Like, any like of the, any of the core guys from the World Series team, I would have no problem if they put that video up every time they right. came back. They won't do that for Albert Almora, but well, because he probably won't come back because he was DFA'd. Yeah, but because he was Reds. also on the Reds and he came back plenty of times. Um, but <laughs> KB again, we can go through it a thousand times. We knew he was holding out for a big deal. He didn't really want to be traded. He was upset when he was traded. But the Cubs didn't want to go. I mean, he got seven years, $172 million. That's obviously a win for Chris Bryant. And now he's played 42 games this year. I feel bad for him in that he's only been able to play 42 games. He's making $18 million this year with a $7 million signing bonus. 42 games he's played. And he may, their general manager said either yesterday or today, maybe he has the boot off from the plantar fasciitis. Maybe he'd play the last week of the season. Which would has no. He might get fifty. No. He might get fifty games. Yeah. Like best case scenario, fifty games. If you do that per dollar, it's been we, a, a tough signing so far for the Rockies. Can we just like throw that all to the side real quick? Yeah. Like the fact that, you know, the the in hindsight discussion about Chris Bryant's contract. Yeah. I, I don't want to talk about it. It bothers me that. It bothers me that he's gone through this issue this year because he is so great. Agreed. I just You're so great. Even if it's not, <laughs> even though it's not with the Cubs anymore. Yeah. I would like to just like I like seeing Schwarber go for the home run record in the or not home run record, but the be the home run king in the National League. Mm-hmm. I would like to see that. I should have bet it. I, I missed the opportunity. I said it. I would like to see Chris Bryant in like MVP conversations again. Yeah. I mean, he's that great. When he was his numbers this year are actually good. When he I, when he plays, he, they're actually he's hitting over three hundred, I believe, in those forty two games. I'd like, love him to. I'd, I'd love you know, to see him be one of the leaders in baseball again. Yeah, it just like that's what bothers me more is just the fact that he's not playing well. And, and I say that mainly because he's not playing for the Brewers, the Cardinals, right, and the White Sox. I yeah, guess too. They only have to play him <laughs> once a year next year. Yeah, yeah. So one like, series. As much as it bothers me that he's even on Colorado to, 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 to start with after they traded Arenado and they gave the Cardinals $50 million to take him, I digress and <laughs> whatever. I just wish – like I hope next year he's healthy and just comes out there and proves again that he is one of the best players in the league. This guy was one of the top players in baseball from 2015 to 2019 – and if the 2020 season would have been normal, he probably would have had similar numbers. And he was an all-star last year. So for six of the seven seasons he was here, he was, he was great. And everyone who called him soft, I will forever have a, like, grudge because that guy, when he sustained that soldier, or shoulder injury in 2018, uh-huh. 
There is a story out there, Des Moines Register, because it was it was written by Tommy Birch, I want to say. Uh, that he changed his swing in 2018 just so he could come back and try and help the Cubs win that season. And to me, that is nothing like that's nothing that no one should be called soft when you're doing soft or selfish. Don't yeah, fit that's, that. that. There's there's that doesn't fit. That doesn't fit your stupid narrative that everyone tried to push. And I, you know, again, the whole situation with the contract and extension and all that shit, all that aside, like I felt like Chris Bryant was kind of pushed out of the city by the fan base, some by the media and some by his agent driving the and, price and definitely too high. some of definitely his agent too there's faults on all sides i just the thing that always bothered me the most about him is the people who slandered him after everything he did for this organization and uh that's why i wish i hope i hope he is healthy next year and you know the back half his of his career you know he shows that hey i was one of the best players in the league for a reason you know? I- uh, I agree with you 100%. I would wish nothing but the best for all those guys, but Chris Bryant is the one that could, if healthy, get back to an MVP-level player. I think that's still in him, and I I hope it happens for him. I hope he has great seasons with the Rockies, and then they can't afford him. They trade him back to the Cubs someday. Um, That'd be cool. <laughs> other injury updates, we gave the KB update. Um, Ryan had tweeted, and I believe he's ready to join us, Nico had the MRI in the right triceps, has to meet with the doctor. We'll see if he's heard more about that. X-rays on Saya's hand were clear, nothing broken. Wilson, maybe a week or so. Uh, Ryan, after the game, was there any update on Nico's MRI, or is that just what we heard pregame? Yeah, just pregame. Um, nothing Yeah, nothing, nothing after the game. Just, uh, you know, we, we got the news or the heads up that he was getting the MRI. Um, hadn't yet met with a doctor, um, but by the time we talked to Ross, um, but Ross said that, you know, it, he feels better every single day, like the, the, the tricep feels better every day and just taking it with a little extra caution. Um, the MRI feels weird, like the fact that he needed to get one feels weird to me. Maybe it feels like there's, I don't, I don't know, like it's not just like a regular old, gen, like I'm trying to like find the right words to say, it, but it feels like maybe there's a little bit more there as, as far as like something unusual about it, but he's, you know, Ross says that he's getting better every day. Uh, I believe one of those games against the Mets, um, Nico may or may not have been available off the bench. Like maybe speculation that he could hit off the bench or at some point, but um, no, no update. Hopefully tomorrow uh, we'll have that and be able to see. I know you don't want Nico to play again, as soon as that Ryan, as soon as I heard yeah. the word MRI, good or bad results, shut him down. I, I don't need somebody with a triceps injury that's going to lead to a shoulder injury and derail his offseason. Like yeah. I it what's he gonna prove in the next two weeks? What what positive could come out of him playing two more weeks of major league baseball this season? Nothing. But there's plenty of negative that could come out of it. Yeah, I, I don't know why they would even consider. I No matter how much he wants to come back and be like, you know what, take the rest of the season off. We need to play Morell more, and we need to see what McKinstry can do. Take your time. No, I mean, I think I, I'm not – I don't disagree with you, like, especially if he's not, like, healthy in the next few days. It's like 
then you're kind of running on like one week left in the season. I also do think that, um, you know, people like David Ross, like, I know he, he has said before, just not specifically this, but like many different things, like he wants to take play, what players want to do um, into consideration for decisions that he makes uh, with the lineup, with the roster, whatever it is. Um, so there is, I mean, if, uh, the idea that if Nico really, really, really wants to play again, um, that may be something that Ross says, okay, you know, take it easy, but let's, we'll get you back in some games here. Maybe not playing him at shortstop nine innings a game, every single game moving forward, but, you know, letting him, letting him play to the end of the season. Because again, like we talked about um, earlier in the week, the idea of getting to the finish line is also kind of big for, for young guys getting through September for the first time, because a lot of minor league seasons don't go through September. Like the triple a one, I think lasts for like another week and a half or so, which isn't typical. Like I think they moved it back this year. Um, I mean, it's, it, that is also like a, a, a big thing with young guys coming up is knowing the extra few weeks and, and, and understanding how, how much it takes, how, how, what it takes to get through that part. Again, I'm not disagreeing that, if Nico's not feeling a hundred percent, like there's no reason to risk or to, to rush him back and risk getting injury. But if he, if he's if that, you know, the triceps fully healed and there's, I mean, you, you always run a risk of someone getting injured playing any single game because stuff happens. But if there's risk of the tricep itself getting re-injured, then don't, no, don't, don't play him. But if he comes back, he's healthy, that's healed. They're good. I, I can see them playing him again. I would agree with that philosophy of something of the finish line type thing if he weren't hurt. Like, if currently he were totally healthy and just playing out the season, yeah, let him finish the season. That's when I would say that makes sense to me. But as soon as he was injured enough that you thought you needed imaging, <laughs> I, I don't think. And In fact, when Ross said in his press conference – uh, you're going to see Morrell get a lot of play at short. I'm, I'm hoping that means because they're going to shut down Nico. Maybe he knows the results of whatever the MRI, and maybe it's just a little strain or something, but whatever. Um, I do want to uh, talk about game time real quick, and then I've got an important question for you, Ryan. Game time, that's the site where you can get the tickets. We're wondering yes. about Matt Peck. I don't know, what, what game would you target game concert or event would you target right now? Cause you can get anything on game time. It's the last minute deals. You can get like 60% off mm-hmm. on these last minute deals. And I know we've, we've had some promotions out there showing that uh, it's the best deals. It's a guaranteed price. Um, 15 million people have downloaded the app and you can get great seats last minute. So I've said, I, if I were a diehard bears fan, I would start to target that game against Houston. Ooh. Use our tailgate as the launching pad. Absolutely. You Love go in, idea. you check the price on the game time app before you go to our tailgate, which starts at 8 o'clock in the morning, Michigan and Roosevelt, $34. Get your tickets at allchgo.com. And that's where you start, right? Yes. And while you're there, you also subscribe to – become a member because you can get all Ryan's content. We're going to talk about some of his content that is unlocked, give you a little sample of what's going on there mm-hmm. in a second. But that would be the game where I think you could leave the house. Before you leave the house, check your game time app. Check it a couple times between 8 and 10. And then about 11 o'clock, 
boom, the ticket drops and you, you can get to the game. Yeah, and make sure you're using uh, the code that's in our YouTube description. So we've got it CHGO. linked right up at the top right here. I've got my trigger on it. And use that code. Get you some money off your tickets. Helps us out. Win-win for everybody. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, the key is use the CHGO code. Yeah. Um, so anyways, guarantees the lowest price created by the fans for the fans. And you can get great seats. And it's sort of just taking off at ticket pricing. Now, Ryan, you and Brendan collaborated on this Hayden Westneski article. I read it today. It's great. It tells us a lot about his slider. It's got heat maps. It's got a degree of cut. Like it has it's got stuff. It's got every, everything a pitching nerd would want to see, and then it's got everything your basic Cubs baseball fan wants to know about the guy, too. Yeah. That's unlocked. So you can go read that right now, yep. allchgo.com. Uh, I've retweeted it. Ryan's got it on Twitter. Cody will retweet it later today if he hasn't, I know. Um, check that out. What, what do you think was the main takeaway? I love the part where he's talking about that while the slider is so spectacular and ranks like top five or whatever in baseball with the break, that he also knows that the changeup is his X factor. And when his changeup is good, he dominates. So he, while they're telling him go slider heavy, I like the fact that he also knows that other pitch can be the one that puts him over the top. And he may need if he's going to be a starter, right? Yeah, and, and I know that changeup is something he uses, um, or he wants, you know, at least for now, as he's still kind of developing it, uh, when I talk to him, that it's like a pitch that's going to help him get out lefties, right? Right, right now, it's maybe not as used with, against righties, but it's going to help him get out lefties. Um, because, you know, you look at a guy like Edward Ozzelay, who had crazy lefty versus righty splits, Whereas Wisniewski, obviously he's faced, I, I, I think he only faced three lefties so far um, in either of his two outings um, and been pretty much all righty. So the slider, the slider away, sinker in obviously works. Um, but when the lefties start coming, you need other pitches to help you out. And that's why I think, like, he knows, like, the, the, sink, the slider's always going to play. The sinker's going to play against righties. But when it comes against lefties, he needs something else. He needs something else that's working, something else that's going to get you know, be able to get people out. Um, and so I think that's when he, when he comes down to, if that changeup is on, he can throw, he can throw out pitches to hit hitters on either side of the plate. And then, so when he says X factor, that's, I think that's kind of what he means is he knows he can get people out on either side of the plate because he has that pitch working as well as obviously the slider and the sinker, which that's kind of what he's dominant with. I also saw that he was talking about, and correct me if I'm wrong, he was talking about like, different ways guys can approach a slider with that much break. Do you start at a point, you know, do you just let it play, you know, through the zone? And he feels like it's been very helpful to, to just kind of let go and say, this is my slider. It's so good that I can just throw it and it works. Now, we've also seen home runs hit when it floats over the plate yep. and guys see too much of it. So what's the what's the balance that he's looking for in that? Because you can't just throw it if it starts floating over the plate all the time either yeah no and and the whole thing is that actually I mean it kind of goes back the other the other way um i when i talked to daniel Moz because he said because he was um the double a pitching coach in the yankee system last summer or well last year and when was was up there that whole summer they worked together um he said one of the things was that was was kind of just letting it go and there were so many sliders that were just balls like immediately out of the hand um, so they had to kind of teach him 
you know, strike the, the strike slider or the, you know, the slider that starts with the strike and then goes into a ball, like that kind of stuff. Not teach him, but just like really focus and hone in on that kind of stuff. Um, and that's, again, like obviously what's Nesky is slider dominant, just looking at the data and how many pitches he's thrown. Um, and you can see it. And, and I, he talked about he, he's, a, he's a guy that throws to the mitt and then kind of whatever it does from there, it, it, that's what it does. Um, I mean, for the most part, catchers <laughs> line up with their mitt inside the strike zone. So he's trying to throw a strike to the slider. Now, when he misses, you could see, you saw with the two home runs against the Giants on Sunday. When he misses, he leaves them over the heart of the plate and they can get hit. The whole, the balance there is, again, wanting to obviously keep those sliders strikes, you know, throwing them for strikes, being able to throw them for strikes, but then obviously knowing when to throw a slider that's going to, that's going to end up, if the, if the guy lays off it, then, you know, he, he even said, he's like, the guy lays off, you pick your cap. But you got to know when to throw that slider for a ball, um, and just just try to get someone to to offer at it. Uh, what about? So I'm looking forward to that start tomorrow. Anything said about yeah. McKinstry or by McKinstry after the game? Uh, we were talking earlier in the podcast just about how he's he's really been taking advantage of an opportunity that's here with Nico banged up and Madrigal banged up. He's getting consistent playing time, and maybe that's what he needed because it sure looks good right now. Yeah, uh, we didn't get McKinstry directly after the game, but, you know, everyone we talked to, you know, we talked to Morrell, Stroman, Ross, um, obviously uh, Jared Young, too. Um, but just everyone we talked to kind of talked about McKinstry and um, just this little run he's been on. Obviously, I mean, Cody's won Kuya got like twice in the last week picking McKinstry. I mean, he's, he's, he's had a good run. And today, I mean, a triple and a home run. Um, well, those in his first two, they might have been in his like first and third at bats or played appearances, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's 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 the last couple of weeks hitting the ball really well. There's it's a small sample size; it's about as small as it gets. But um, you know, maybe this is a this is a time a push for him where he's pushing for that that being able to stay on the forty man this offseason. We're going to talk about it for, like the next few weeks until that whole rule five draft happens and, and the Irwin one, these guys need to be protected by that deadline. Um, but I mean, yeah, he's hitting well. Um, David Ross has seen it, especially he's getting a little bit of a run with, with Madrigal and, and Horner um, going out for a little bit and, and just getting, just getting more reps than he obviously he ever did with the Dodgers. Um, and he's starting to hit the ball really well. So that, I mean, they're happy with it. Obviously want to see it going, uh, keep going. Um, but he's having himself a little, a, a nice little hot streak here. Let's get to uh, who you got. What do you say? Yeah, Ryan, I'm, Ryan won. Because I won. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan won. Yeah. Ryan won. Now, that said, we pointed out after the game, like there was, there was no question that Stroman, despite losing the no-hitter, was better than Hermosillo and uh, Young, who had his first major league hit. I just said that It was if, a double. It was a double, though. Yeah. If somebody had taken – right. If Young had had two hits in his major league debut, there would have been an argument for it. Yeah, for splitting. major league debut. And if somebody had taken McKinstry, there wow. also would have been an argument for it. But since neither of those happened, Stroman had the best game. We'll get Ryan, it to Ryan. Ryan gets the points. He can have it. The point. Excuse Finally. me. 
finally not getting cheated out of a point. This is, this is awesome. <laughs> well, listen, I feel like a winner. I was. I, I feel like a winner here. with two hours and ten minutes. I'm a winner. I don't care about who you got today. <laughs> I was gonna say I came in here ready for Luke to argue. He's like, Jared Young picked two balls at first base that any first baseman should have picked. Also got a hit. Like I was, I was prepared for Luke to come in here and and start trying to argue his case, but. Glad no, those out of the way with no, those would have been no. the only two arguments I can think of is if Young had two hits instead of one, or if somebody taken McKinstry, I hey. could have seen I could have seen making an argument for a guy Hap, that had a triple. Hap, would, Hap wouldn't a have been a bad one either. He had an RBI and a walk today. He did RBI a hit and a walk. I just kinda, a low I think when I looked at it, when I look at it, I think McKinstry had the best argument to have been shown. I, I honestly I want like a. The no-hitter would have been cool. I know he talked about it after the game. Like, he's not a guy that's really going to get close to a no-hitter just because of how many balls he lets get, you know, hitters play, yeah. play against him. So we didn't, he's not really worried about it. Um, but that would have it would have been pretty cool. He got to what? It was almost, was it through the sixth inning, right? Yeah, six and two-thirds, no, I think. Six and two-thirds, yes. The six and two-thirds no-hit? Yeah, there was a broadcast jinx. Yeah, Boog said oh, seconds Boog. before. And, mm. again, it was not – like. Please, again, if you're in the chat and you believe in that, stop. <laughs> stop. We love you, but no. Yeah. And by the way, the, Ryan, I don't know how much you've seen, but the chat has been on fire today. We've had – everybody's in Friday mm-hmm. 120 because it's oh, a short yeah. game. Rachel's in from yeah. London with Ravi's there, Nick G, you know. Yeah, 50. Sean, Stan, Jack. Compared – Honestly, since September hit, we could use a few more likes. Like, we could use more yeah. likes. Hammer the like if yeah, you'd hit like that like button. Yeah, we've had, you know this since is, September happened. Huge. You know the the number in the chat has decreased because season's coming to an end. And yeah, schools people, back. All those things. Yeah, yeah. But we had an increase today, so I appreciate everyone tuning in. What were you gonna say, Ryan? I was gonna say this is like as many of the OG commenters that we've that I, I'm like just looking through the chat. Like many of the OG commentary we had in, in, on this show than we've had in weeks yeah, yeah. been a lot yeah. of regulars today especially especially robbie robbie said he's packing a bowl he's packing a bowl for he uh, did he did say that yes or uh he's packing a fat bowl for me robbie has not tweeted recently so he probably did <laughs> joey actually threw that one in our in the slack channel which cracks me up so now we if we ever want to be if we ever want to crack like laugh at something we can just scroll up on the in the Cubs uh, Slack channel we have. Uh, no hate, Ravi. You do you, boy. You do you. <laughs> no, yeah, no hate at all. Um, who you got uh, standings as of now? Uh-huh. I lead 24, uh, Luke at 21, Ryan at 19, Corey and Joey both with two, and then Kevin at one and a half, and Maverick and Rachel are at one. 18 games to go, right? Is that correct? It's a tight race. It's still a tight race. There, there is still time. It's getting difficult, but there's time. <laughs> Just and need a hot streak. You need to start taking McKinney. Need a hot streak. <laughs> and we might have to even start though, making picks on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, even though we're not having shows on the weekend, should we just start throwing picks in there? Uh, I mean, we I always forget. I'll, if, if he plays tomorrow, I'll take McKinstry. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll, we'll, we'll see think if we can all that. remember. <laughs> yeah, that's the hard part is getting everybody to remember because if two do it and one doesn't, then it's a bummer. Yeah. I just want to see Wisniewski yeah. 
have a, a solid game. He doesn't have to dominate. I just would like to see him look good, maybe five good innings and get him out of there. I'm not asking for like what he did in his major league debut, but I would love it if it happened because that was <laughs> Well, then you'd be really sky high. Oh, man, I'd go into Sunday – like talking to myself, man, things are turning around for my f- sports fandom. Like the yeah. Cubs found themselves a new ace. Probably now I'm going to go Bears money line. Now I'm going to now I might as well just bet Bears money line like a moron. I, man, man, can't. If any, I just need I need something to feel good about. Like feel good about. It. Don't 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 let me like get too high on it. Don't give me seven innings of no runs and like ten strikeouts. Give me like five innings, two earned runs, five strikeouts. Then I will just yeah. be okay, and I will be like, that was positive. That was good. This was nice, though. Four straight wins. <laughs> just nice to win one, baby. Four straight wins. Nice game by Stroman. And now we get to see one of the young guys. We had a bunch of young players in the lineup. I know some people don't like that. I like it because that's what this, the final, these final two weeks are about. And then mm. now we get to see a young pitcher finally. So I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. A lot of you. Uh, a lot of you. Right? Ryan, you going to be at the ballpark yeah, tomorrow on Sunday? Uh, Jared will be in tomorrow, and I'll be back. I'll be back Sunday. Okay. Jared's good. running a half marathon on Sunday, by the way. Mm. All right. So he smokes yeah, a lot of cigars to run a half marathon. He does that seems like. <laughs> and he drinks a lot of high noons, his favorite beverage. High, yeah, he no- does high like noons, noons. And, and heaters. Like, I don't mm. know if that. <laughs> I'm going to have me some high noons tomorrow. Can you imagine if he was he was running the half marathon while smoking a, a giant stogie? He's going to pull one out right at, tweet, right at the finish tweet, line. Yeah, tweeting yeah. which you know one he's going to smoke box. halfway through imagine, it. Yeah. Imagine just finishing the 13.1. He just right. starts puffing on one, you know? Right. You get no like better seven, way to catch your breath. Seven, eight miles in. It's supposed to be hot, by the way, this weekend. Most people are grabbing the cups of water as they're running by. He's grabbing stogies and lighting them up, clipping them off, and lighting them up. Vibing. That's that, how Jared that, vibes. That's the Jared vibes. Uh, all right. Hope everybody has a good weekend. Uh, thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs postgame show podcast presented by PointsBet. Good luck on your PointsBet uh, wagers this weekend. Those of you who would. We all ride tomorrow and Sunday. I'm telling you, it's going to be a roller coaster, but it's going to be oh so fun. Uh-huh. It's my favorite time of the year. Cody's got bets for you. Check out his Twitter. I can't wait. This is what I live for. Whenever we're in January and like we're thinking, or no, when we're in like May and June and like all you can think about is like that brisk fall breeze and like gambling an entire slate of college football from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Vibing on your fingers. Right? Just, oh my Mm. God. The excitement. (laughs) Throwing the game time app. It's complete. Yeah. Yeah. Throwing the game time app. Joey put up the game time pap earlier and get, go to the Cubs game tomorrow for like 20 bucks. Yep. Vibes. You done now? I am done now. Okay. See you later. Fly the W.